Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You know, ever since we started Born Ready to Pod, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's how many games will the Pacers or insert NBA team here will win this season. The truth is, I don't know, but if you think you know, you got to go check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to us. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code READY to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code READY. That's R-E-A-D-Y. When creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. Neal the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 oh no! Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor Oladipo! Throws it back to Oladipo. Stevenson behind, drives inside! And the foul! Lance Stevenson and a chance for a three-point play. He just headbutted the Stanton. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. All right, welcome back to a special edition episode of Born Ready to Pod. My name is Chris Cook. Sitting next to me, as always, Eric Hawk and Jake Light. Guys, this isn't a you know. This isn't an actual episode. We're not going to give it an episode number, but a very, very special episode, especially if you're a big, you know, NFL Colts fan. Yeah, this is great for me personally. I love talking Colts. I'll talk them till 3 a.m. if I have to. Very optimistic fan. Love what we're doing. We're building something. Colts. Yeah. Um, Bowen uh, obviously is a great insider for all things Colts. Uh, some of the hard-hitting questions such as Andrew Luck's injuries – um, how they start the season, uh, what the Colts' final, final record probably will be, um, ch- you know, all, all sorts of stuff, uh, positions of need, positions of strength. We got it here from Kevin Bowen. So I'm going to ask you a question real quick. 
we've seen, you know, Kevin and, uh, you know, obviously he's on Twitter a lot. Do you think there's another Colts person that spends, and this is part of his job, putting out content. Do you think there's another Colts person out there that is on Twitter as much pushing out, you know, Colts information from practices and all that good stuff, breaking news, things like that? Do you think there's another Colts guy out there who's hard at it as much as Kevin Bowen is? I can't think of anyone. Can you, Jay? Absolutely not. He's the go-to guy, affiliate, actuanado for Colts knowledge. There's no question about it. C-P- or C-3- C-3-B- C-3-B-O-N. I thought it was C-3-B Bowen. No, it's C-3-B Owen. Like Star Wars. Um, yeah. Might say that wrong later. C- <laughs> say, it, say it with me one time. C- C-3-B Owen. B Owen. Perfect. I hate okay, you, man. We're going to end this conversation. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Phonetic so spelling. We're going to go into our interview now with the man himself, Kevin Bowen. Hope you guys enjoy it. C3B Bowen. All right, guys. Uh, we have a very special guest today on the podcast. Actually, special edition podcast going over the Colts today. A recurring guest that you could say because he's back here for a second time. Kevin Bowen from 1070, the fan. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me back on. Yeah, so uh, pretty much like we said, we're going to focus a lot on the Colts today. So you've been following them religiously since, you know, training camp. Uh, you were there at the beginning in those practices. Um, so what have been some of your biggest takeaways through training camp, the practices that you've seen, and then now going into the preseason games? Well, I guess start with the quarterback, the $140 million man. I, I think it's been a pretty good month-plus work for Andrew Luck. Um you know, I guess if you're really nitpicking, it would be there hasn't been kind of the many uh, deep ball signs in game settings. But outside of that, I mean, just the fact that he's healthy, he's taken hits, um, his accuracy I thought was really impressive during the preseason. And I mean, to sit here now, this close to the start of the regular season, and to really not have any you know right shoulder concerns about him, he still looks like to me. He's a quarterback that um, has shown enough in that 11 series of work during the preseason that he can be out out there and, and be a winning quarterback in this league. And you know, if and when that deep ball does get back kind of into his arsenal, um, this guy showed me enough in the preseason that I think he can get back to being a Pro Bowl quarterback probably a little bit quicker than I uh, than I initially thought. Um, Outside of that, you know, I, I think there's going to be too much pressure just on the shoulders of Luck, no pun intended there. Um, I, I just think it's a defense that lacks playmaking at the front. Um, offensively, uh, you know, you need to get Marlon Mack healthy. Anthony Costanza needs to be healthy. And T.Y. Hilton is a definite game-breaker. But um, I still think a lot of it's just going to be, again, predicated on the right shoulder of, uh, of luck. And until this rebuild continues, it's going to take, I think, another offseason before your defense starts to be um, at a middle-of-the-pack level in this league. Um, the Colts are going to have to outscore people. So yeah. a lot of new faces, but I still think it's going to be kind of the same old Colts in terms of how they go about winning games. Yeah, he took a, a hit on Saturday. We ran around the backfield and kind of did some playmaking with his legs, and then he kind of fell down awkwardly. Was the media room just in a high tension at, at that moment? And that's when it's, apparently he uh, hurt his foot, luck did. So how was the media room and the crowd? Was everyone just gasped and relieved that he could run still? Yeah, I, I mean, it was one of those things I, I see him take off and I just assume he's going to fly because it's the preseason. Like, who cares? Fly. Like, yeah. there's no need 
to get that first down. But this is where I think it's going to be such a dilemma with Luck all season long. He says he wants to alter his playing style. Well, it's one thing to say it. It's nothing to do it. And I just think his innate ability to always want to get that extra yard, keep plays alive, he's going to be much more of the old luck than I think we we maybe thought when he told us you know a month ago that he was really going to change his playing style. I just think that uh, he's too much of a competitor, and he knows for this team to have any sort of success. Yes, he needs to stay healthy for the sixteen games, but for them to win games, he's got to create plays like he did against the 49ers on that third and third yeah. scramble. Yeah. Because let's say he slides in that play. Well, the Colts come out and take a field goal. And that means 11 drives have gone by in the preseason and, and the starting offense has had zero touchdowns. But what does Luck do? He runs. He knows where those markers are in his head. Kind of runs through a tackle, takes a tackle, falls forward, 15-yard gain, boom, next play. You know, 15-yard touchdown pass to Eric Ebron. Like, those are the plays that make Andrew Luck special, and those are the plays that also got him, you know, missing however many games he's missed, 26-some games in the last three years. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that's the fine, delicate balance we are always going to have with Andrew Luck. And he says, you know, when situational situational football, when, when those plays arise during the regular season, he'll know... A, when to say yes, like he did against you know the 49ers, or B, when to say no. Well, if he's saying yes in a preseason game, he's sure as hell saying yes 16 weeks out of 16 in the regular season. I mean, yeah. that was a third down, first half possession of a preseason football game, and he didn't even think about sliding. So um, I think that would be – Kind of the one area to me where um, I feel like he needs to just figure out, and it's really tough balance. But um, it, it's what makes him so great. But it's also what is what has made him hurt, you know, for a large portion of the past three three seasons. Yeah. So a lot of this discussion so far, obviously predicated around Andrew Luck. Um, so being in that locker room here to start the year off. Obviously, compared to last season, you know, you had the the question mark about Luck. People at that point really weren't sure if he was going to play. They didn't know how many games he would miss. And then, of course, you also had Chuck Pagano still in there as coach. So do you sense, uh, and obviously getting your franchise quarterback back is, you know, a big plus, but do you sense there is quite a bit more optimism in that Colts locker room this season compared to, you know, the last couple of years? Definitely. You know, I think the um – I think Frank Reich has brought kind of a, a renewed energy, and I, I just think they needed a new voice. You know, I, I know that's kind of stealing a quote from Larry Bird when he fired Frank Vogel, and I, I didn't agree with that at the time. Bird's rationale of saying you needed a new voice, well, the locker room had largely changed. But I think of the NFL, when Chuck Pagano's voice got tired, that message got tired, and it wasn't a winning message anymore. It was a team that had missed the playoffs you know, for three straight seasons. So I think Frank Wright gives you um, a potential chance in terms of winning an X's and O's chess match on a Sunday afternoon. And I thought the Colts were at too much of a disadvantage last year. So I think a new staff, a young staff, brings some energy. And I think having your quarterback back certainly helps. Because when you have luck, you know, you got a chance every week. Am I sitting here saying the Colts should win 10 games? No, but... When you have him on the sidelines and out there playing, 
Um, I think it just kind of gives you a little bit of a boost. And now those, you know, fourth quarters that got away from you last year, maybe things turn around a little bit in 2018. Yeah, so uh, position-wise, too, I think one that sticks out to me is right tackle right now. And obviously some there's a lot of, you know, liabilities there on defense. But biggest needs right now for the Colts position-wise, where would you kind of rank those, you know, top two or three positions that they have to, you know, get addressed and get fixed in order to be successful this year? Ooh, um, you know, I would say right tackle was just a mess in the preseason. Um, I mean, it was just a revolving door and no answers at all. Uh, and and I, I do think the line, you know, with four spots pretty much entrenched, you, you have a lot there that you like. But yeah. right tackle to me was just such an issue. Um, so that would be probably the biggest position on offense. You know, I'd also just, how is that wide receiver pecking order going to play out? You know, T.Y. Hilton, I don't think, have gotten enough support in years past. And uh, he certainly didn't get a lot of help in the preseason from Chester Rogers and Ryan Grant. And then, you know, the Deion Kane pairs his ACL. And mm-hmm. I did, there's just not a lot of young talent that you love at that position. I would say at running back, you really need to get Marlon Mack healthy. Um, that's a group that's very inexperienced. You know, Andrew Luck is... He'll barely play with any of those guys. Um, you know, he didn't play with Mack and, and, and Wilkins and Hines and Michael and all those guys. So um, those would be kind of some positions to watch in offense. And then on the defense I mentioned earlier, I just don't see a, a great pass rushing group. You know, I think against Russell Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Jimmy Garoppolo in the preseason, I think those quarterbacks had nine series, I want to say. I only think he had one or two sacks, and one of those Jeez. was just kind of a one-yard loss yeah. for Garoppolo. So it was nothing coming off the edge. Yeah. Um, so I think that is an issue to um, to kind of nail down, and it's been obviously a constant issue now for um, for several years. If Max healthy is he is he the starting running back in your opinion, or or one of these young Definitely. guys going to step up and take it? Definitely. Nah, I think if Marlon Mack is healthy, I mean. You know, look at Andrew Luck's preseason. His longest completions were a 19-yarder to Chester Rogers, a 17-yarder to Marlon Mack. Those balls traveling through the air, the Rogers pass was like two yards through the air. The Mack pass was behind the line of scrimmage. And, and that kind of plays into where I said earlier, you got to hit on that deep ball. you got to keep safeties honest because that's going to help a run game that looked really ugly during the preseason. But talking about Mack specifically, that preseason opener, the first play, you saw duck pass to Marlon Mack, all of a sudden he makes the defender mess by the line of scrimmage, and he's off down the sideline for 17 yards. That is why Mack is so dynamic. So, yeah, to me, he would be the starter. You're still going to use a running back by committee, but Marlon Mack's definitely going to be the starter. Uh, that's the kind of guy that I think Frank Reich likes. He's kind of be like a Corey Clement in Philadelphia, the, the big play explosive second-level guy on the run, in the backfield. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's something we didn't see in the preseason either with these run-pass options. You know, we, we hear so much about it from Philly. You didn't see that. You didn't see Eric Ebron split out wide. You know, these are all things we saw um, just kind of motioning and misdirection type of stuff. We saw a lot of that at Grand Park during training camp. So I think those are parts of the offense that, uh, that we saw when things were kind of close. But, you know, Frank Reich has been pretty clear. He wasn't going to show uh, his hand too much in the preseason. He definitely did not do that. 
So uh, to start the year off, the first uh, quarter of the season, the Colts split the split their schedule. They have two games at home and then two games on the road as well. So record-wise, um, how do you see that first, you know, the first four games playing out for the Colts? I mean, they got a tough game in Philly. They got to go on the road also in Washington, and then two home games against the Bengals and the Texans. So how do you see that shaping out for the Colts to start the season off? Well, I would say it's absolutely vital to get off to a good start, and, and I know that that's you know kind of a easy comment to say, but I mean the Colts have started 0 four the last four seasons. Um, yeah, I think the last time they were above 500, I want to say it was like late November 2015, Jeez. which it's just crazy to think it's been that long, mm-hmm. uh, but it has been, and. When you look at the schedule, you know, things get pretty tough right after that Washington game, you know, and, you know, it, it's at Philly, it's home to Houston, it's, you know, New England on a short week, it's, yeah. you know, road game against the Jets, you know, it's a, it's a West Coast trip to Oakland a couple weeks later, so, um, and then you come out of the bye, and I think you have five divisional games left the rest of the year, and I do think AFC South is going to be improved, so, um, I, I would say that, to me, getting off to a fast start is absolutely paramount for just a multitude of reasons. But I just think when you look at the schedule as a whole, when you were talking easy games, a home game against the Bengals, that's right up there with any game on that schedule. Yeah. And I, I just think it's so huge for this team to get off to a good start. And uh, they haven't done that at all. The last couple of years, and some of the you know some of those starts have been tough teams. Well, I don't think you. I think you pick the Bengals and the Redskins as probably one of the five or six, you know, two of two of the five or six easier teams on the schedule. So you got to get those games. I, I still remember the home game against Detroit to start the season. I think it was two seasons ago, and you had a, yeah, yeah, you had Pagano blow a timeout there at the end, and they went down there, and then they scored. Right. So. Do you think game one's a must win? Because JMV on 1070 said that game one is a must win. Do you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, obviously, if you're going by the literal definition, it is not. But if you're going by uh, just morale, and, and if this season is going to be considered a success, I would think the odds, like if you're going to go ESPN stats and info of winning the first game or losing the first game, to me it looks pretty different. Yeah. Um, if, if you lost that first game because the schedule gets tougher, you go on the road, all of a sudden you're kind of questioning yourself. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is huge. I mean, I, you can make the argument of, you know, teams around the league, it's probably one of the more important opening games of any team around the NFL in 2018. All right, now we're going to put you on the, the spot here. We, we've had some easy layup questions here. Now we're <laughs> going to get you into predictions. Colts' final record at the end of the season, your prediction. Oh, boy, you guys are. Gosh, this is an easy podcast for the first 15 minutes. Um, uh, you know, part of me thinks like six and a half or seven and a half for that over-under. So I'll go with seven and nine. Seven and cold. nine. Okay. And we're going to be submitting all of these to Freezing Cold Takes as well, that Twitter handle. All of these are being submitted there, and they're going to judge you at the end of the season. If you're uh, I, I, I wouldn't expect anything less from you guys. <laughs> over-under one – Fake punt play initiated by Frank Wright. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I think he's going to go for it a lot on fourth down. Okay. Uh, but I think he likes, he would like to do that with his offense out there. So, I will say push. I will say one fake punt out of a punt formation. 
um, and hopefully nothing reminiscent of that 2015 <laughs> Patriots Colts game with Griff Whalen and Colt Anderson. Yeah, Super Bowl matchup, and who wins? Oh gosh, um, getting big. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go Green Bay out of the NFC. Okay. Um, gosh, I mean, I'm, I'm an idiot not to pick New England. I'll go with Jacksonville. Ooh. Jacksonville. Playoff Bortles, I like it. I'll say the. I mean, they were, you know, a player two away from making it yeah. last year. I'll go with the Packers winning it all. I, I think Aaron Rodgers has a big-time year. And, uh, yeah, I'll say, uh, I'll say Green Bay wins the Super Bowl down in Atlanta. You're gonna pick Jacksonville after wasn't it Jalen Ramsey? What he just said about luck in the last couple of, or the last week or so? Why not? Jalen Ramsey's <laughs> one of the few players in the league that can actually back it up. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, he didn't back. He certainly doesn't back it up against luck based off those stats. But yeah, uh, I mean, Jacksonville's defense can 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 talk a little bit. Um, you know, some of those comments were absolutely ridiculous, and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's an idiot, really, for, for, for some of the comments that he made. But, hell, uh, the Colts would take Jalen Ramsey, and they would take a corner that's about one-half, yeah. one-third as good as Jalen Ramsey right now. Absolutely. Offensive and defensive rookies, specifically on the Colts, who do you think will stand out this season? Well, I guess it's easy to go with Quentin Nelson, so I mm-hmm. won't. I, I, I mean, Jordan Wilkins, I thought, was a guy that was pretty impressive yeah. during, the, um, during preseason, and you know, he's a guy that – mid to late June, you probably don't think he's going to play that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Robert Turbin suspended for four games. Marlon Mack gets banged up. Boom, Wilkins is going to play a huge, huge role for you. And I mean, you look at his numbers, this guy is an average, I think, seven yards a, a, a carry in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty darn impressive. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think he would be the guy on offense. On the defensive side, really, it's, you know, it's the easy answer, but I don't think there's any other answers you would like besides Darius Leonard. I thought he was tremendous during the preseason. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for a guy that had, you know, had signed his rookie contract and was banged up all off-season all long, I thought he looked really good during the month of August. So I would say Leonard, you know, maybe Sky Moore. I mean, he's a guy that has a great chance probably to be the week one starter as a Mike linebacker position. So um, he would be a, he'd, he'd be the other rookie that I'd probably throw in the mix. You know, unfortunately injuries have really hampered the two second round picks, Kamoko Terry and Taekwon Lewis. All right. NFL MVP. Who you got? Um, I got, I got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I had it in my head you were going to guess one of them, especially yeah, since you had him in the yeah, Super Bowl. After the Green Bay pick, I probably gave that away. Yeah. Okay. I, I think Gurley might have deserved it last year, so if he has another healthy season under his belt, I think yeah, he, he has a Gurley was the other. I was thinking Gurley or Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I just feel like it's hard to set on running back. So you got these guys coming back. You got Deshaun Watson. You got Mariota another year, Fournette another year. When they say the AFC South has gotten better. How much better has it gotten, and do you think it's the best AFC division now? Well, yes, I do. Um, I think it's gotten deeper and more parity. I don't know if it's gotten better. It's yeah. hard. I mean, Jacksonville and Tennessee won two road playoff games last year. Yeah. 
Uh, so I, let's not sell that short. There's probably been few years in NFL history that you know multiple teams out of one division have won on the road in the playoffs. So um, I think that with Watson being healthy and Luck being healthy, though, the pushovers that the Colts and the Texans turned into, you know, well, the Colts were a pushover the entire season, the Texans were a pushover that second half of the year. Yeah. That's no longer the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that it is the deepest position or the deepest division of football, uh, either conference. And I think it has the most parity. I mean, it, it, it's hard to say that if Tennessee and Jacksonville are balanced, but in Washington and Luck, if healthy, you'd consider probably those two guys, you know, top, what, 10, 15 quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's many divisions that could say that about each of their four teams. Yeah. Over under last one here, thirteen and a half games. Andrew Luck plays this season. Good oh question. boy! Um, he just made this one up too. So kudos to you. That was good. You know, with Luck, it takes something drastic. I feel like to keep him out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Like you got to lacerate your kidney, which just sounds awful. Yeah. Um, you have to have surgery on your right shoulder or you have a concussion. Like, I don't think a bum ankle or a bum foot or, like, you know, an injury on his non-throwing hand is going to keep him out. Um, so I will go with the over on luck. But, I mean, if you were probably betting Vegas, you would probably take the under. Yeah. All right, that wraps up the Colts questions. We're going to go back to some Pacers questions now since we are a Pacers podcast. Got to focus on that a little bit, so... Since the last time that we spoke, you know, the Pacers schedule was released. um, And some of the big shockers to us was, uh, obviously, the first thing that came out was they didn't get a Christmas Day game, which, you know, at the end of it, who really cares? But it ended up showing that they got 12 national TV games. So what were your thoughts on that, you know, compared to last season? They had one game on national TV, and it was against the Thunder. And then now they got, you know, 12 times that this year. So what do you think about that? Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting to see all four Philadelphia games on national television. I, I, I think that is a team that will, uh, you know, and honestly, this rivalry, you know, possibly between the Sixers and the, and the Pacers could be something for, you know, years to come with, you know, both teams having a pretty young core. But uh, this is kind of what I think the general consensus will be around the Pacers this year is, they're going to be much more of the team that is being hunted this year than the hunter that they were last year. Um, I would think they are the, the easy favorite in my mind to win the Central Division. And, yeah, there's still going to be plenty of talk about the Raptors and the Celtics and the Sixers, but Indiana's not going to sneak up on anybody, and Victor Oladipo's not going to sneak up on, on, on anybody. So how does this team play with just kind of a different – um, underdog mentality is no longer there. I mean, I, I thought they just thrived on that last year. And, you know, rode that through that first round playoff game. So that is something that I think uh, will be a storyline all year long. But I thought 12, 12 uh, you know, primetime nationally televised games, you know, very, very deserving for the Pacers. 
more gambling talk here. We're we're big gamblers here. <laughs> Pacers over under this year is current is currently at forty seven and a half. Are you are you much of a gambler? Are you going to hit that over? Do you think it'll go under? What what do you think about that? Well, I, I wouldn't call myself a huge gambler, but I am very intrigued by lines and over unders yeah. and all of that. So uh, I can get behind these these questions for sure. Okay. I would say, you know, when they went, what, at 48 last year? Yeah. Um, boy, you know, part of me, I, I will say over, but I wouldn't say over by, by many more than that. You know, I, I put them kind of in the three to four range right now in the Eastern Conference, which probably took, you know, right around 50 wins last year to, you know, get home court in the first round of the playoffs, so. That is a really, really good over, over under. Yeah, I mean, I last year I had them, you know, it hit me over. I thought they went around 36. So, um, you know, the fact that, well, last year was what, 31 and a half, 30 and a half, something like that. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, hit that over, was, you're waiting until that last week of the NBA season. I feel like that's just a long time. I wouldn't want to put too much money on it, but I agree. No, um, it, yeah, it's just, it's just a sneaky, you know, see, uh, Another thing about the Patriots in general this year is just, you know, how much was last year guys overachieving? Mm-hmm. You know, Darren Collison had a career year. Boyan Bogdanovich had a career year. You know, Victor Oladipo obviously had a career year. It's a bonus. You know, you could go on down the list, 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 list. Um, you know, guys had kind of out-of-body experiences. Now, Oladipo and Sabonis, you know, they, this could just be part of their growth, part of their development. But, you know, Collison, Bogdanovich, I guess even a little bit of fad. Young, you know, those guys, like, when do they hit a wall? When do they you know, go back to being more of six, seven, eight options yeah. and not, you know, pivotal starters like they are for this team? You know, can Tyreek Evans stay healthy? Um, you know, those are, I think, some of the questions that you have. Because from a pure talent standpoint, I don't know if you would put the Pacers as a 50-win ball club. Mm-hmm. But, you know, chemistry's been preached for so long with this team. And, and now, I guess, the question of, you know, is there merit to that? Is there, um, you know, is that real? Or was this just kind of a, you know, a one-shot sort of ordeal? And this is a team that just kind of over-exceeded expectations. Okay, quick question here. Do you think the Pacers have a better chance of winning 50 games or the Colts having a 1,000-yard rusher? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> I thought we had lost you there for a minute, and I was like, "Oh, you're, you're thinking." No, that was good. Uh, I, how many thousand yard rushes were there in the league last year? Like probably fifteen, twenty. Maybe. Or, uh, I think it's. I think it's actually less than that. Twenty might be high. There's probably ten to fifteen. Um, I'll say Pacers win. 50, just because I, I don't know. With this running back by committee, you don't know how healthy Marlon Mack is. I'll go with uh, I'll go with the Pacers winning 50. Well, might be a better question is, will Frank Gore get 1,000 yards <laughs> in Miami? Gosh, if, if, if Frank Gore can still get 1,000 yards, I mean, he almost got 1,000 yards of Indy last year. Um, no, he will not. Aren't they, isn't he kind of splitting carries with Kenyon Drake? You'd think, but who knows? This place, I think they named him the starter recently, so who knows? Yeah, it's crazy to think that Matt, or not Matt, Gore, I saw that like 
last three years, he's the only running back in the league to rush for at least 900 yards every year. Yeah, that's crazy. As I mean, his as, durability is just its remarkable. As far as guys in locker room, he had to be one of your favorites to talk to. Yeah, I think I mentioned that on last podcast. Yeah, yeah I, He's uh, forgetful. I, 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 I am. He's forgetful. Don't <laughs> just mind him. No, yeah, I, I was always a gore guy. Yeah, I, I, I hope he does well. I mean, he doesn't need much to move up past Curtis Martin, I think, on the all-time rushing list. But in my mind, he'll be a, he'll be a very underappreciated back, but his numbers will only look better and better as, you know, how the attrition now affects NFL running backs. I'm kind of late to the party here because uh, I had football practice. But um, what is Jordan Wilkins like in the uh, in the locker room? You just mentioned Gore was a really good locker room guy. I actually really like Jordan Wilkins. What's he like? Have you got to talk to him very much? Yeah, I actually have. I did a one-on-one interview with him back during training camp. Nice guy. Um, probably a little bit on on the quieter side. I think got running back room in general. You don't have a lot of hooting and hollering. I mean, Gore was never really a hooter or hollerer or whatever you want to call it. Um, But yeah, I think Wilkins is just kind of a quiet guy that goes about his business. And um, I think that's welcomed. And I think it's needed, honestly, for a bit of a running back where, you know, we saw last year just how, you know, Marlon Mack had some flashes. But then, you know, if you struggle in pass protection, I mean, that can totally change how people view you. And, I mean, look at Naeem Hines. You know, he was kind of a hot name coming into the preseason, and then, boom, all of a sudden, he has issues on special teams, and and now there's some question on what his role is going to look like. So, yeah, Wilkins uh, is a quiet guy, and um, I think he has the right mentality that's needed to play early. Good. Okay, back to the Pacers. Sorry, I got a little off track there. But uh, Pacers Media Day is coming up this month. So, one, will you be there? And if so, who are you looking forward to talking to the most? I should be there, yeah, unless Andrew Luck doesn't tear his ACL, you know, in the days before that. I think it's, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's on a Tuesday. So um, that'll be an off day for the Colts, or at least it should be an off day for the Colts. I don't really know what their schedule is going to look like um, as we get that far into the regular season. But, um, Probably some of the new guys, you know, I, I was able to talk to Kylo Quinn um, when he signed, and he's a great guy, really fun um, fun person to talk to, but I wasn't around when uh, Tyreek Evans, Doug McDermott were signed, so just kind of getting to know them a little bit more, obviously dipped into the Miles Turner offseason and what that was like. Uh, you know, I just, in general, I just enjoy talking to NBA players more than NFL players. <laughs> NFL players just don't really say a whole lot. You know, I, I enjoyed, um, you know, even Nate McMillan and his candidness and, and, and that locker room of, of Oladipo and Thaddeus Young in particular are pretty good talkers and Darren Holliston as well. Um, those guys are do a nice job of kind of give, giving you um, a good amount of insight. Right. In the interview we did with Michael Grady, uh, we kind of talked about, he always said the Lance Stevenson effect. And so we were trying to hypothesize what players could take over that role um, and just kind of be the emotional leaders. Who do you think that guy is? Because we were hoping it was Dougie McBuckets because that would be one heck of a story. Who can be the emotional leader? Yeah. And my vote is Dougie McBuckets because I think he could get get, uh, Banker's Life hype. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um... He's being a I, I'm being a smart act right now. 
So no, I trust me. I totally get where you're where you're coming from. I, I would love a couple Dougie Doug McBucket threes to get uh, to get you know the crowd hype and get the whatever everybody on their feet blow the roof off Thinker's life. It, it's hard for me to put that on one guy. I think Kylo Quinn oh, is yeah. going to be a good. Uh, kind of energy guy. I think it'll be fun when he gets in the game and starts banging down low a little bit just because he's so different from what you have in other big guys. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, look, let's not try to compare people to Lance Stevens. No one's going to – no one will equate Lance level. No. Um, I mean, the podcast speaks for itself. Right. Um, he was you know, no one is. No one's going to get there. And, you know, I, I do think people will appreciate what Tyreek Evans brings, honestly, just from a pure – Creative, you know, creativeness and um, you know, kind of his ability to individually be a distributor and a, and a score. Um, you know, all of that I think is what would, would get that crowd going. But it, and no one is going to, I think, just have that hustle, craziness, unpredictability nature of a lamp. No, and if somebody did, that would be very impressive. So. Um... I just know the Baker's life loves their shooters. So I remember a time when Chris Copeland was a very popular pace. Uh, Copeland. Yeah. I forgot about that. He would, he would shoot up a Martin, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I just think McDermott will be a, uh, a fan favorite, especially if he can bang home some corner threes. No doubt. Well, how do you split your time once the Pacers season starts and the Colts are still playing? Like, what's the social life looking like? That's a great question. I don't want to think about that just yet. Um, it, it, it is a tough balance, and it's one thing where I think, you know, unfortunately the NFL is king. Um, and so, you know, I, I will go to Pacers games and, and cover them. And, you know, unless big injuries happen or, you know, huge winning streaks or losing streaks, you know, it's it's a marathon. It's an 82 game season. You're just kind of setting yourself up for that stretch run, and the first two three months of the season, you know, shouldn't really have a huge huge impact on things. Certainly, it impacts standings and stuff like that. But um, you know, things can change in it, over time of an 82 game season, where the NFL every game is just so important. And you know, if I were to show you analytics on our website, you know, it'd be scary to see how different the numbers are and how the NFL dominates still during the offseason. Right. You know, the month the month of April is pretty dead outside the NFL draft, and the month of April in the NBA is obviously playoff basketball time, and it was crazy how much, um, you know, higher click value we had of NFL stories versus NBA stories. And I, I don't love it just because I feel like you should give each team as equal – of attention, but you know, if I were selling two products and one product was doing a lot better than the other product, I'm going to sell the product that's doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, so that that's just kind of how how um, how things go. But yeah, I, I will balance it as best as I can. I mean, I will be at the Colts pretty much you know, three or four days a week, and then juggling. I mean, that's the difference about the NBA has media availability nonstop. I mean, you're talking. David McMillan talks three times on a game day. I think NFL coaches talk like four times a whole week. Right. Um, so you, you you can afford to miss an NBA media availability, um, whereas the NFL, if, if, if you miss that, you're missing out on a big chance. So it is busy. Last year it was really busy when the coaching search kind of carried into you know, mid-February. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's what I love, though. I enjoy it. It gives me something to write and talk about on air, which ultimately, um, you know, if people are listening, that's, that's, that's all that matters. And this time of year is a lot better than, you know, June and July. Right. Okay, well, it is called Pacers Media Day, and uh, the hot new podcast uh, on the block is definitely the Born Ready to Pod podcast. We just went over 1,000 followers. So any chance uh, 1070 The Fan could hook us up with some credentials? What are you, what are you thinking there? <laughs> If Spencer the fan could hook you up with a credential, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, you got to be employed under the MS Communications umbrella. So. I guess we could make that happen. I mean, are you trying to make that happen? What's the deal here? Yeah, I would say. You know, if I were you, I'd contact the Pacers. I, I feel like the Pacers they do credential um, the decent amount of people. I know the NFL is much stricter on who they don't do background checks right (laughs) there's no background checks for these credentials right there there are no well i mean i would i would i guess i hope there are some background checks but there weren't any for me so yeah unfortunately your employer does not distribute your credential it is the cult of the pacers distributing a credential for you so 1070 the fan and ms communications uh would not be able to help you out there it would have to be the pictures of the Colts getting you uh, behind the uh, behind the doors, if you will. I think I could pass for Kevin Bowen. I don't know about you. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so last last question here. Um, if drinks are on us, uh, are you willing to do a live show with us sometime? Sure. Why not? Okay, but wait. Before I commit to this, and I don't. I mean, what's your drink of choice? Just talking like some four grown ups here. What, what do we got? Uh, any cold beer on draft, I will happily consume. He's a cheap date. Are you a cheap? I like that. Does it have to be? Does it have to be like a Sun King? Or are we just talking like Bud Light or something? No, no, no. I, I I can drink a domestic and be just fine with it. So yeah, if you guys do a live show around the Indianapolis area, I will certainly do my best to show up and have a have a cold beer. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that for sure. Love it. All right. All right, well, thanks again, Kevin. Uh, once again, guys, Kevin Bowen from 1070 The Fan. You can check out his blog and podcast called Kevin's Corner, his second appearance on the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Kevin, thanks for joining us. You are one of you are our number one guest, the most recurring beloved guest, guest recurring here. Guest. Recurring guest. <laughs> you are beloved. I will, add, I will add that to the resume, guys. And in all seriousness, I appreciate uh, you guys having me on and always enjoy the variety of questions. <laughs> All right, man, we'll keep in touch and uh, enjoy uh, go- getting into the regular season and, you know, getting a lot busier. And wear your shirt. Uh, we'll send it in. Yeah. yeah, wear the shirt. <laughs> I will, I will. Take, take it easy, guys. Thank Thanks. You. All right, guys, well, that wraps up our interview, second interview there with Kevin Bowen. We did some Colts talk and, you know, some obviously where Pacers podcast had to talk about the Pacers there for a little bit. So what were your guys' thoughts? You know, Kevin's picks, his thoughts on this Colts team, and then also a little bit about the Pacers there at the end. Uh, I'm a big Colts guy. I've been to every game like the past four years. Just love the Colts. They haven't been great to watch, I'll be honest. But, you know, there's always that thing in my head, that reason that they should have been good. I'm a big excuse guy when it comes to the Colts. So that's what happens when you lose a lot. So I think Andrew Luck's going to be healthy. I loved his over of 13 and a half games he picked for him playing. That means a lot to me. Uh, he, he's looked decent in the preseason. I think once you get a full game under your belt, then we'll really know. But I'm hoping for the best. 
I see Jake doesn't look as optimistic down the line here. Just give it to me, Jake. Why, do, why am I an idiot? Why aren't we you are not? absolutely not an Seven idiot. Seven and nine I think is realistic. I, I think, think that's realistic. Eight eight. I think we could be eight and eight from the schedule I've yeah. seen. I think we'll surprise a team or two. But, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, realistically here, I, you know, I'm not a Colts basher. I'd like to think of myself more as a realist, but um, I, I don't think Luck plays over 13 and a half games. I would say under on that. And it's not like it's his fault, but from what I when I watched the last couple preseason games, not sold on the tackle position. Obviously, Costanzo is mm-hmm. going to make that better. Um, and I, I'm still a little bit leery of how he holds the ball. Um, and he's going to be passing a lot. That defense is not good. Um, of course, by the time... You hear this podcast, you know, quite possibly Khalil Max on the move. I heard, uh, I read a thing that the Colts were interested in him. So, of course, if, you, if 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 that happened, just disregard everything I just said about the defense because he automatically makes it better. Um, I don't think seven and nine is that crazy. Um, what I hate is, you know, the guy that says they're going to win like twelve games because Andrew Luck's back. Like, I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah, um, I'm speaking directly to one of my friends there, who's convinced no less than twelve wins. But yeah, and, and their schedule is tough. And um, if Luck can play well, eight and eight, not terrible. Uh, I like the interior of the offensive line. I think the tackles need some work, and I really think they need a few more playmakers on the outside as the well. Receivers are Ryan Grant and I don't whoever else you want. Chester Rogers, I guess. Behind. Other than T.Y. Yeah. And so it's not great. I think Ebron might surprise some people. Yeah. I think he's got low expectations. Really. Yeah. He did sign a kind of a big contract, so I don't know. Maybe that's just me who's kind of low on Ebron. But you always got Doyle. They're definitely going to be able to score, but I just think the defense is going to, they're going to fall short. Yeah. One, one of my favorite players in the league, too, you, you hit on that defense. Uh, Malik Hooker's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, he's He's been he's very – He's a beast when he's out Yeah, he's been very injury prone uh, throughout his entire career. I, I think all the way back into high school, like he's missed games. I don't think he's ever gone through a complete season healthy um, in which he actually played in games, obviously, at Ohio State. You know, they had some depth there. But, um, yeah, I think if he stays healthy, they have a chance. Um, it's going to be interesting. To see how some of those young guys develop. Uh, Komodo Turi, uh, I think he's a guy off the edge that could be pretty solid. Um, it, it, it's all in your perspective. I could see it going either way for the Colts. Um, I don't know, but I'm a Browns fan, so what the hell do I know? Quentin Nelson, the best prospect ever from all I've seen and heard. I love him. Yeah, so I can't wait to see him just yeah. pancake some dudes out there. Yeah, he looked really good last game too. I he, You never really watched you know, how the, the left guard – Participates yeah. on a you know play by play basis. Yeah. I tried to watch him for three straight plays and he's just blowing people up. And he doesn't stop until he hears the whistle. And sometimes not even yeah. then does he stop. So uh, I I'm cautiously optimistic about the Colts. I think seven and nine's fair. I would still go under on three and a half games for Andrew Luck because of the way he's going to hold the ball. Three and a half. Thirteen and a half. I got a cold. Well, I don't know what you want from me. I, I'm, I'm playing injured. I'm playing injured. Uh, but I think under 13 and a half games, and I actually don't think that that's a huge deal because I really like Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. So, so that's why that's people want to trade Jacoby for a pick. I'm like, let's make sure back. this is good. Yeah. Luck has missed 26 games in three years. Let's see. Brissett is a very serviceable backup. Very. Someone would even say he could be a starter in this league. I, I agree. So I, I would love to keep Brissett for the, what we're paying him. I think Absolutely. Awesome insurance policy. What a trade that was for the Colts. Yeah, in hindsight. It looks so great. you trade Philip Dorsett, who you had nothing. I mean, he was just not going to give you what Gregson thought, but which no one really did um, in the Gregson era. Um, of course, he did get, I guess, Locke. But, um, yeah, I, 
I'm I'm into it. I think Brissett could be a starter in the league. And if at the end of the season Lux played in 15, 16 games and you're comfortable with that, then then you trade him. Maybe somebody gives you a first or second round pick. I think it's pretty clear. I mean, I think they're they're moving forward because they are now run by a very competent guy that's making the football decisions, and that's huge. Yeah, very huge. That's all you need. That was just very in depth. You know, discussion there. You know, we'll switch up the pace on you in a second. You want to talk Redskins, you want to talk Colts, anything. You want to talk Indianapolis Indians, we'll get deep on you. What player from the Pacers would make the best NFL player go? What player from the Pacers would make... Probably Old Depot for that. Because, I mean, NFL's a very athletic-driven league. And I think some of the other guys, where would you throw, like, Miles Turner? You can't really put him on an NFL roster. Maybe a tight end, but I mean... Kyle O'Quinn. He's definitely not Ooh, a receiver. O'Quinn, Kyle maybe O'Quinn. on defensive-wise, for sure. Who else? Evans. Could, I can see Evans being a good Alize Johnson? Alize can do anything. So, yeah, throw him a middle linebacker if you want. But I think Vic, strictly from the athleticism point of view, would be, be the best. He could be a little T.Y. Hilton. Actually, he'd be a very big T.Y. Hilton yeah, if you got him on the field. But, yeah, I... Yeah. Were you guys surprised that uh, Kevin agreed to, you know, do a live show with us? No, I think Kevin loves us. Honestly, we're like Kevin's like, I'd say kind of old, too old maybe to be his kids. Maybe we're like, he's like our uncle or something. I think he's like a year, a year older than us. I think we're actually just like best friends, actually. Yeah, we're just buddies, though. Yeah. That's fine. Big shout out to Kevin, though. We did re- uh, realize, and we had suspected this, he gave intel to Michael Grady to come on to our show. Yeah. So he gave us, you know, a big referral there. So that's very much appreciated that, you know, he felt so strongly of us after our the first time we recorded with him and you know, he told me. We might Brady, have to send him two shirts for that. Yeah. I think I think it's in the works. Yeah. I, he's we're gonna meet up with him. Um we're gonna meet up with David Harrison. We're gonna meet up with him. It's gonna be a good time. I'm enjoying this. I think Bowen certainly enjoys it and uh that's why the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Same. I think we're done here. No, no, I have one more. Speaking of hard hits, um, there's this dude named Bane who kind of came at us. Um, He comes, yeah, he comes at us and says, uh, "We just uh, put out a Jermaine O'Neal jersey signed." Um, Bane says it was fake. Yeah, and it wasn't Bane, you idiot. I don't (laughs) care what you think, what you think you know. We're not some sleaze balls trying to scam anyone on the internet. I mean, we did have a Chinese jersey that we gave away, but whatever. That's that's in the past. <laughs> you know what the worst part about this is? But Bane's is, an idiot. Is Bane is a kid who was probably two years old when Jermaine O'Neal was going on his last season, the Pacers, and he yeah. got this one autograph handed me down from his dad. You know, you know, Bane's parents probably are just loaded. He's gotten everything he's wanted his whole life, and they gave him a Jermaine O'Neal autograph. And now he thinks, you know, he probably can't name three players on the Pacers, but now since he's got that one Jermaine O'Neal autograph. He just knows everything. Well, that's the thing. Like, I vividly remember getting Jermaine O'Neal's autograph. And yeah, I mean, we got ton. his autograph like 20 times. Like, it's not anything special. This, and he didn't sign it the same way every time. Yeah, this is just like. I mean, the jersey was signed, I believe, at an autograph function. And if you were at that autograph function, you probably remember a guy standing up screaming, It's all about the fans. Absolutely. It's all about the fans. That was us. We were there. We got the autograph on a jersey, so Bane, you can suck it. Yeah, Bane, anybody that puts our fandom or fanhood at question, we're going to bury you. We're going to put you to rest. (laughs) We're never going to hear from you again, Bane. This is a legit autograph. I don't want to see you in the mentions ever again. Get out of here, Bane. If you're Bane, we're Batman, and we just crushed you. Enough said. I I can't can't beat that. (laughs) Best way to wrap the show up there, so... 
Thanks again to Kevin for joining us. We look forward to doing some more work with him in the future. And that's going to wrap up this special edition podcast, Football Preview with Kevin Bow and also some Pacers talk. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will see you next week. We have Steve Ganzi from the Fort Wayne Mad Ants coming on. He's going to talk to us about, you know, Summer League and the uh, Fort Wayne Mad Ants, all that cool stuff that will be on next week's show. So thanks for joining us. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll talk to you soon. C3B Bowen.